0: You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. How's it going?
0: I mean, I just watched the Ravens uh, poop all over themselves against the Steelers. So other than that, not shabby, but that was uh, not the most fun way to, uh, to start the day. You, you do. You, the, I can tell in the tone of your voice you're very upset about that. Well I'm upset slash I'm just very tired. <laughs> <laughs> when you uh when you work from what was it, six AM, five AM to ten PM, eleven PM last night and then have to come back here at noon for a soccer game, you get a little worn down pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I can understand that. So a little worn out there. But other than that, not too shabby. How about you? What's uh what's new in the world of Nick? Um,
1: like I said, I think the other day I finally had a Saturday off, and I don't know how long. So that I I very much enjoyed my Saturday, just doing things I wanted to do. Watched a lot of football, um, which I haven't done like like sitting down in front of the couch on a Saturday and watch college football. I probably have not done since my junior year of college because. My senior year – oh, no, 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 senior year of college, senior year of college. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I caught a lot of the Texas-Oklahoma game, which was great. The LSU-Missouri game was insane. Obviously, I watched NC State. I watched most of the – or some of the Clemson-Wake game. Um, It was just a fun, fun Saturday. Uh, Went out to dinner last night, which was nice. Um, So, yeah, it was was a good Saturday
0: for me. I'm not going to complain at all. All right, well, that's good. Um, I guess, Nick, here's what we'll do. Okay, talk to you. We will kick off the show with a segment called Micah's Apology. And this segment is specifically to you and NC State Wolfpack Nation. I still don't know if MJ Morris is your long-term solution for this season. But he provided the spark that you all needed. So I will, I will secede and say, Nick, you were right. Wow. I didn't expect that. Well, thank you, Micah. Thank you. I mean, Um, let's just be real. I'm not going to lie. I only got to watch, like by watch, I mean, kind of just follow it, like actually see what's going on in real time during The probably first, a little bit of the first quarter, that's about it. So obviously the portion that I got to watch was proving me right with MJ Morris pretty much playing like absolute dog water. So I got kind of excited, I'm not going to lie. But obviously (laughs) uh, as things progress, I mean, you look at his numbers, Nick, it wasn't, it was better from a... The positives had a lot more positives. But he he, he threw more interceptions. Or is it more than Brendan has thrown all season? Or tied Brendan thrown in one game all season? I can't recall which one it was. But his passer rating wasn't great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess I know obviously this wasn't the first game on the docket. There are bigger games to talk about. Um, but I want to get this out of the way first. We started the last show with it too. So it kind of makes sense. Explain to me what you saw in this game because, and I did not see, I mean, I watched the condensed game later this morning, but I didn't watch any of it obviously live minus the little bit of the beginning of it. I saw, I saw the first touchdown live from Marshall. That's all I saw. So break it down for me because Marshall's a good football team, but my intern who watched most of it was an NC state guy told me that he walked away from it not feeling any better than he did a week ago. He doesn't feel worse, obviously, but he doesn't feel better. But he was also less pessimistic than you were. So, what did you see? How do you feel? Um, I feel
1: pretty good. I think the spark was there. Um, but I'm not going to say that – well, MJ was a part of it. I will say that. But – we finally 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 started to run block and michael allen had a hell of a day nine carries for 70 yards and a touchdown um casey conception had a great game too he was actually looking like debo samuel out there with the jet sweeps and the running game with him like it being a 49ers fan i was like oh my god like i only see this with debo samuel doing this kind of stuff so that was really cool um in a way the offense kind of reminded me like when when we had Tim Beck as our offensive coordinator, he would only pull out the big creative plays when we were behind the eight ball or we were starting to fall behind or we had to play catch up. Um, in a way we kind of did that yesterday, but I would say it was 50 50. Like when we had a pretty good lead, we would still, you know, throw up like a very nice play. So that was really cool. Um, The defense, I will say 14 of Marshall's points was because NC State gave up two interceptions. One was a pick six. Another one was like at our own 10. Um, So I won't blame it all on the defense giving up 41 points, but they did not have a good third quarter. Um, But Peyton Wilson's still a dog. And then with MJ... That he was the spark. He did struggle. Not only were some of those interceptions kind of bad, um, especially the last one, uh, but he was missing a couple guys down the field. So um, there is something to be worked on there, which I think he will, and I think he will improve on throughout the season. Uh, I will say, I think the first interception was kind of a 50 50 on MJ on the receiver. Like, I'm of, I'm of a belief that if you can get your hands on it, you should be able to haul it in. And it wasn't, like, all the way, like, out of reach. Like, I can't remember who the receiver was. No, I think it but, might have been but
0: the ball was better thrown to the defensive back than the receiver. So, as much as well, you want to say, like, yeah, did the, the
1: ball get deflected? I don't uh, – that I don't know. I thought – see, because that's how it happened. I, it, it, it hit the receiver's hands, went up in the air a little bit, and then the – the corner got it so um and then the second interception was not him jay's fault i solely blame that on porter rooks i don't know if you saw it micah um we threw a screen pass and porter just was not blocking at all and the defender came through and just picked that ball right out of the air and i was just like oh my god porter Rooks, what are you doing how are you not blocking this guy um So it was a good game. Uh, The defense needs to clean up a little bit, but they had a couple of good turnovers. They had a tremendous day on the sacks. I think we had like six or seven sacks on the day. Um, It was, there's still a lot to be, you know, proved. There's still a lot to be more improved, but I'm happy that Robert and I kind of opened up the playbook. Um, Trent Penix got involved a lot, which was great. We haven't seen him all year. Um, So it was fun. It was a fun game. Uh, I'm excited for Duke.
0: See, I, I want, I'm i intrigued by your open up the playbook standpoint. Because a lot of the stuff that, again, this is a condensed game, so I didn't see every single play. But right. from the condensed games, and normally the it obviously shows anything positive, especially when it's an ACC versus non-ACC, because it's the ACC network that puts this out. And it felt like they were doing the same stuff they did with Brennan. Like, I, I'm willing to admit, again, I, I did it obviously to start the show, that. I was not surprised. Like the spark that MJ provided for the team was there. And I think it wasn't honestly like a results driven spark. It was like a, just a new energy. Sometimes you need that. So that part made sense. I genuinely think the difference was you said it, your offensive line finally did something. Right. Yeah, I agree. And the play Robert and I system will never work if they can't move the football they can't run the ball if they can't openly you know create some of these one-on-ones and different scenarios to where a defense has to like because the reason why nick i think your defense struggled this week was this is the first time you got I, looking at the game i've watched a lot of marshall i think marshall played one of their best offensive games they've played all year if not the best game right they made you all worry about the run like I don't know if you realize, you did a pretty good job of slowing down Ali. You only had 63 right. yards. Uh-huh. But you guys were so worried about it that for the first time all season, Fancher looked like an actual quarterback at Marshall. He was picking you guys apart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I think similar principle kind of happened on the flip side now, where your offensive line finally bailed you out, and then you were able to kind of open up the playbook to where it was a successful open up the playbook. Because, like, you can't, you can't open up the playbook too much if you can't even do the fundamentals of blocking, catching, running the football right. Right. So I am curious if this can, can carry over because, I mean, again, it's one game sample. I'm not going to judge it. But I would argue that MJ Morris played as bad as Brennan had for most of the year. Again, he had more time. But like, he wasn't, he wasn't like, he didn't do anything to me, Nick, based off what I saw from the condensing. And then we went, yeah, this guy's clearly better than Brennan Armstrong. Again, the spark was needed. It's the right move. At the end of the day, there's, what I'm saying is, I don't think there's a difference between the two. And that's why when the argument that I was making with you was, well, why don't you just redshirt him and, and play with Brennan? I think that could still be an argument because I don't, again, I don't see a major upgrade one way or the other. So, it'll be interesting because, obviously, the schedule from here, I mean, next week at Duke, we'll see what Duke is after a bye. Um, We'll see, obviously, Raleigh Leonard's probably not playing. So, this could be a a very winnable game for the Pack. But then, obviously, Clemson looks – I don't even know what to make about Clemson. Miami, obviously, is – (laughs) well, we'll get to them in a minute. But, (laughs) I mean – Nothing that happened yesterday makes me feel any better or worse than NC State. Does that, does that seem fair? That, yes, that, that does seem fair.
1: I think you hit it all. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I think MJ played probably as good as Brennan might have played. Um, I don't, The O-line, you're right. The O-line was the key difference in this game. I think having Dylan McMahon back and helping with the run blocking really did open up the offense a lot. So um, I do want to shout out, before we move on from this, I don't know if you saw this clip, Micah, but Peyton Wilson, absolute dog. He had another fumble recovery and almost took it to the house. He was actually looking for defenders to hit after he picked up the ball. Um, Had a hell of a game again, but in his – Post game interview, he told he loves Wolfpack Nation, yada, yada, but he told them to stop booing Brennan when he, because I don't know if you saw this, Micah. Brennan went in.
0: Yeah.
1: For, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So just Peyton is a leader, and I 100% agree. Like, again, I, I love Brennan. I think he's a great kid. I think he had a hell of a time at Virginia. I think, he provided a spark for that program and I think he got us very, very excited to what he could be. And I think he's a great leader and he's helping MJ, all that stuff. And he still could be very vital in this offense. He really can't Um, because, Hey, if MJ gets hurt, God forbid he gets hurt. Yeah. I want Brennan back in. Like, of course, like thank God he's still there, you know? So I have tweeted out from our fifth quarter, my fifth quarter Wolfpack account, that like we got to pull like a Trey Turner type of thing with the Phillies did because this guy doesn't deserve to get booed. Like he he came to this school to help us out, and the very the very least we could do is cheer when he's out there. Now, may, uh, some Wolfpack fans on Twitter did say I thought maybe the booing was the play call. Um, putting Brennan out there like that was not fair. Uh, they, B- Brennan kind of had to like run for his life as three thundering herd came right at him. Um, so some guy, some fans were saying, Hey, I think we, we all were just booing at the call, like putting Brennan in a bad spot, but we all need to cheer for this guy. Like next time he's in the game at Carter Finley stadium, we need to cheer for this guy because He's just giving us his best. He's he wants to win. It's not like he's sabotaging us. He's a great kid. He's had some decent games with us too. So that that that's kind of like the last point I kind of want to make on this game. But it, it it was a good it was a good game to see the offense kind of open up for NC State, which we needed a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean can I'm going to defend Brennan Armstrong for as long as I can, but it sure does feel just like you know, this team, it took a step forward off on the offensive line, obviously getting 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 a little bit more healthy back in that position. So I really don't think, like again, I think this team could take positive steps forward, but I, again, call me crazy. I don't think MJ. Morris is the reason that, like there's an argument, Nick, that MJ. Morris almost did the same thing Brennan Armstrong has done to you all season and almost cost you a game. Like honestly, this is this is being very honest with you. If MJ Morris did what he did yesterday against Louisville, you also lose that same game that you were upset about with Brennan. Is that fair? Because If he had
1: this, if he had this performance against uh, Louisville. Louisville?
0: Yes, you would yeah, lose. Yeah, I
1: think that's fair. I think so, that's fair.
0: So that's what made me upset was there was a lot of NC State fans, like you said, whether they blew, booed Brennan or not, or the play call. But they, they blamed Brennan and then praised MJ. And to be honest – no offense, Marshall's the third worst team you've played. Well, no, Marshall's better than Virginia. But they're not as good as Louisville, the one that was your breaking point game. And there's yeah. an argument that Virginia really isn't, like, Like I honestly do believe, Nick, that if Virginia and Marshall lined up, that would be a competitive football game. I don't think Virginia wins. But at the same time, Marshall's not better than James Madison. Virginia had them to the rips. So, right. who knows? But, you know, again, like, good for NC state much needed win. Like you need that, you know, for your bowl eligibility hopes, because looking at the rest of the schedule, I mean, it stinks. Cause a lot of your, your more difficult games are at home and some of your more like, like, for example, Virginia tech and wake forest, I would probably favor you if you were at home, but because you're on the road, so, like, I think you're better than both, but there's nothing that makes you clearly better than both. And then obviously, again, Duke, we don't know what to expect with Duke. That might be more of a winnable game now. But if that game was in Raleigh, I'd probably be more confident. I know you might say, oh, well, it's going to be a lot of NCAA fans. Yeah, probably. But I think there's going to be a lot of Duke fans, too. I think Duke fans, there's at least enough commitment now from from the community of of Duke fans to show up for football. So we'll see. But let's move on. Um, We'll go back on, get back kind of on pace with the – with the early games, we'll save the, uh, we'll save the best game. Well, maybe not the best game, but the most, talked uh, talk the last, but, um, we'll go, we'll go Boston college army. Um, Castellanos is that guy. He's a dude, honestly, yeah. from a, I mean, when I say quarterback, I mean, again, I think in the modern world of college football, you, you have to, you know, factor in both the ability to pass, but also throw, or it should be pass, throw, geez, pass, but also run. And again, your ability to just kind of rally your team. I mean, is Army world, a world-beating team? Absolutely not. I mean, they're, they're now two and three. I mean, they, Syracuse obviously took them pretty confidently, and they have a loss to ULM. Like, really, the only thing that Army's done that's super positive is beat UTSA. But they went on the road in very bad weather and took care of business again. I mean, and what was amazing to me was when Army took the lead – To make it 24-20, I thought it was over. Because it was almost the reverse script of what happened to them the week before against UVA, where, you know, they had to be the ones to storm back. Where this time it was like, okay, like, you know, Army caught you, you're up 13-3, to you're up 20-10, to you kind of choked it away. And Castellanos leads a five-minute drive, 12 plays, 67 yards, scores with 25 seconds left. I mean – Boston College might be a bowl team, Nick. They're going into the bye now. They're going to Georgia Tech. They host UConn. They're going to Syracuse. They host Virginia. Like Boston College's slate, slate down the stretch features pretty much all winnable games moving forward, um, which is incredible. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, that was a huge win for Jeff Halfley. I mean, he's. His seat's still going to be warm, but honestly, as long as he doesn't lose out, he's he'll, he'll be here next year. I really do believe that.
1: Yeah, tough, tough win to get for Boston College. Um, that's not an easy place to play either. I mean, you even mentioned it with the weather. Like, Army shows up, the Cadets show up. Um, they're a tough team to stop. Like, Army will be a pain in the side to any Power 5 team. We've seen it with Wake. I mean, they were a pain to, I believe it was Oklahoma, like not too long ago, like a two three seasons ago. Army's a good team, and you can't take them lightly. Um, and I loved, loved the game plan. Uh, basically, they kind of just did what Army kind of does, is run with the quarterback. It almost, well, I don't think, I didn't watch the game. I, I watched the game-winning touchdown. I did tune in for that because I saw Boston College was driving down the field. Um but it was almost like triple option S. They kind of like beat them at their own game, which was really impressive to see. Um, Casiano's is the future, I think, of Boston College. Uh, I hope he stays and there's no portal talk with him because uh, the future could be bright with him and Halfley if Halfley's uh, seat decides, or if, he, if his seat gets colder, um, we could see this being like, a very nice kind of quarterback coach duo and yeah, bowling's not out of the question right now. I mean, hell, they're on a two game winning streak. Uh, Georgia tech, you know, we'll talk about them, but a beatable game. Uh Yukon's a winnable game. Virginia tech, Syracuse. I mean, and Pitt. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I'm not picking Boston college, like a definite loss in any of these games that they have remaining, even the Miami game because you you've been beating that drum all season like I don't like Miami finishing off the season if they're really high up there uh and they go on the road to Boston College in the cold like every single game I think here on out is winnable for Boston College there's not a definite loss um so I think you like that if you're a BC fan I think times are looking pretty nice right now
0: yeah I mean it's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for them. Um, obviously, it makes me feel a bit better about that loss um, from the Virginia standpoint. But, yeah, that was – I mean, I was pleasantly shocked when I saw that score. So, that made me happy to see that last night. Um, we'll move on. Virginia, how about my boys? They finally got it done.
1: How about um, your boys, man? They were I starting mean, to make me mad a little bit.
0: They played like dog sh- <laughs> like They They were bad. Um, I mean, this team, again, these these players are fighting. That's the one thing that, like, I I genuinely have not once, I don't think this year, ever questioned the players. I know I haven't on this show. This team, the kids that are here want to be here. They are fighting every single day, you know. And that's why it's been so frustrating, because it has felt like many times that the players have been failed by the coaching staff, and – I mean, they dominated, dominated William and Mary in the second half. I mean, it was one of those things where it, I was very impressed because when, when William and Mary went up 13 to three, like Nick, I don't know if you realize this. Every single William and Mary scoring drive was under 50 yards. The only time they truly moved the football to score was on a field goal to make it six to three because the other ones came from a punt that was blocked. I think it was blocked, right? It had to have been blocked. Um, but like, it was a really awful punt regardless if it wasn't blocked. Um, it was a negative three yard drive that again, just gave him short field, but it wasn't blocked. I, I, I was mistaken. But, and only a 23 yard drive off a short punt. A again, very short 32 yard drive to make it six to three. And then from there on, I mean, the other scoring drive they had was a touchdown that took them quite literally four plays to go a total of four yards. <laughs> like, and it came off of just a f- bad play by Virginia. They, they fumbled the football, just straight up fumbled the football. Um, you know, it was a situation where Musket got sacked and and, and – I saw one of the most amazing hustle plays, Nick. You should try to go find this play. If if I find it on Twitter, I can send it to you because I know some Virginia fans were tweeting it out. But Musket fumbled on after getting sacked. William & Mary picks it up. They return it because Virginia was driving at this point. Like They were at the William & Mary 39-yard line. They return it, and Paris Paris Jones literally runs down the defensive lineman and tackles them with the four-yard line. Does William & Mary still score a touchdown? Yes, they do. But that play summarizes what these kids at Virginia are still doing. Because when you're 0-5, playing stadium dude was empty as heck. Every picture I saw from people I knew that were there, that was not the worst crowd Virginia's had in a long time, but pretty daggone close. Um, And, you know, they competed. They didn't quit. They stuck together as a team. I mean – seeing Paris Jones do something like that, granted he's a senior, but to fight like that, and then he had 134 yards as well running the football. He fought and fought and fought, and this team continued to battle. And what does that team do on the very next drive? They go 66 yards for a touchdown. What does the team do on their next drive? go 45 yards, kick a field goal. What do they do on their last drive before the half? i only go 48 yards and score a touchdown going 80 yards after the defense because of the huge stop causing a turnover when uh, William and Mary was driving after, again, another bad play um, by UVA. So, you know, again, this was just Virginia continued and continued and continued and continued to battle in this one. And it was quite impressive. I mean, it's just like – I mean, I mean like, this is so funny to me. UVA had a five-yard punt. So William & Mary took over at the 34-yard line. They got 13 yards before Virginia forced that fumble. Like, William & Mary was in Virginia's territory a lot, and a lot of times it was not because of the defense. Like, William & Mary was winning the field position battle in that first half. Now, granted, Virginia only scored the one touchdown in the second half. They turned the ball over on a drive that they had going on their first drive in the third quarter. Nick, you ready to hear about how this game went? Because this, this was this, was, this was, what was so funny to me. Each team in the second half had the ball three times. There were only six possessions in a half. You don't hear what? that in football anymore. William & Mary's first drive went a minute and 50 seconds. Then Virginia had a two-minute, 18-second uh, drive that led to an interception. Then William & Mary goes 70 yards, gets down into the Virginia territory. I mean, they had, they had a chance to score. I was fourth and goal to Virginia 8. And guess what happens? Virginia stops him. but that drive was seven minutes and eight seconds. What does Virginia do, Nick? Because, again, they get the ball at the 10-yard line. They go 90 yards in seven and a half minutes on 16 plays and score a touchdown. Like, I know it's an FCS team. I, I get all that. Those two drives where Virginia's defense was on the field for seven minutes and got the stop that they needed to. And then the offense returns the favor by giving them over seven and a half minutes of in game time to rest and score to give them a two touchdown lead it tells you everything you need to know about whether or not like the team is still fighting. That was what was most impressive to me because then William and Mary has a six minute and twenty six second drive that off the virginia twenty three yard line again they were moving the ball pretty well, but what does Virginia do? Ten plays, seventy-three yards, four minutes and twenty-one seconds. Like they could have, they could have honestly. Like they had, they had first and goal at the ten-yard line. They could have easily punched it and, and, and obviously made this score look even more impressive. But kudos to Virginia. I always like when teams just, just sit on the ball. Don't. don't uh, huh, we'll talk about teams just sitting on the ball here in a minute. Um, <laughs> taking this good old thing called a knee. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or not, Nick. Um, but. You know, even though Virginia actually didn't take any knees there, but that's besides the point. Um, you know, I was very happy with the win. Is Virginia going to win a lot, lot more games? No. I still think Virginia's due for at least one more win. Um, we'll see who that ends up becoming, if that it does even manifest itself. But at least they're not winless. At, at the end of the day, that's that's all I have. I'm, I'm just happy to uh, to not have a team that's going to be 0-6.
1: Yeah, and you should be because like they needed this very, very badly. Um, is it a Kickstarter? Is it like something that can rejuvenate y'all's program? No, it's not. But it, it, it's a start of something. So it like this game was pretty much. It does Tony Elliott get fired if they lose after this game? That that that's what this was. So he bought himself some more time. Um, yeah, so I I guess that explains why I started to get like, I was watching the box score, the game cast of this game. And that kind of explains why they were not doing anything in the second half, because each team only had three possessions in the second half. And I just kept saying to myself, oh, here we go again. Tony Elliott just clamming up in the second half when Virginians got a lead and he's not doing anything, and he's playing just not to lose.
0: Uh, And I'm not going to lie to you. A part of that was true. Like, they were not super aggressive. The difference was – I mean, this is just true. This is William and Mary we're talking about. Yeah, I I was about to say. Like, you do this against NC State's defense, and we're going to see the same asinine shit we saw that Friday night together, Nick. Like – Yeah. It's – like – I was talking to a buddy. Do I feel any better about Tony Elliott after this game? Absolutely not. But at the same front, you know, at least a win is a win.
1: Yeah. Yep. And that's pretty much all I got. Now, does Virginia get another win? You were just talking about that. I, I would like to think there's one more somewhere there's, there's got to be. Maybe it's Virginia Tech. Maybe it's Georgia Tech. I don't know. But uh, the schedule, Micah. The schedule is hard for you guys. It's pretty hard. So we'll see what happens. But I'm glad Virginia finally got the win that they needed.
0: No. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, Nick. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk your, your your boys that come to Diolis. Yeah. This why don't offense. Please? This offense for Wake Forest I'm I'm sorry Taylor I don't mean to be disrespectful. It's bad. It's not good. I mean okay. Oh my I'm going to give I'm going to give him a break here for a second. I will. Clemson's defense is very very good. And another thing of note, Wake Forest moved the football fairly well. But they were three of five in the red zone. Settled for multiple field goals. Were fifty percent on goal to goal goal to go efficiencies. Only turned the ball over once. This defense for Wake Forest did everything, and obviously Dave Clawson kind of said it in the post game show. It'd be nice to finally get both sides of the ball working together. But this was just. I mean, I watched this condensed game. This was the most excruciating condensed game I have watched in a long time because a lot of it was just like tackles for losses. Stops in the red zone. Like this Wake Forest defense deserved better than this. And I'm not like, I'm not putting the sole blame on Mitch Griffiths. I'm not putting the sole blame really on anybody because I think Wake Forest's biggest problem right now is they're just not in sync. They're, they're, they're not doing a a fantastic job of blocking and they're not, abysmal at it, but they couldn't really run the ball at all. I mean, they averaged less than three yards per carry. I mean, they didn't commit a lot of penalties. I mean, they only had three penalties for 20 yards. So that wasn't really anything bad. I mean, it was just all around just a. this was an ugly game. I mean, we can get to the Clemson side of it in a minute, but for wake, I mean, they were the toughest team in the power rankings. Nick, we were texting about a little bit last night. Like, what do we do with our power rankings? Because I mean, I don't Have the spreads come out yet for next week? Let me look real quick. They have. Virginia Tech is only a one-point dog at home, which I'm actually surprised that they're the underdog, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm picking Virginia Tech at this moment in time to beat Wake. Because there's been nothing that I've seen that makes me want to say, oh, yes, this Wake Forest team can go into Blacksburg and get a win. A, a Virginia Tech team who's pretty desperate for a win at this point. They need they need to win this game to keep their bowl hopes alive. I mean, Nick, I was doing my predictions last night on the predictor site. I have Wake Forest missing a bowl game. Yeah. And that's like, I'm, I'm going to go back and, and repick everything again because it, it is hard for me to, to think of a Wake Forest team missing a bowl game. But this has got to be the worst team since that first team that made the Military Bowl, right? It's
1: it's close. It's either that or Sam's first year in 2018.
0: Was that Pinstripe Bo- Bowl? Both of,
1: both of those games, both of those teams went 6-6. Six and six, So Was that a
0: Pinstripe Bowl team? That was the they play?
1: Birmingham Bowl team.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that team was better than this team. I was at that Birmingham Bowl. That that
1: that was yeah, really J- Sam Jamie Hartman's Newman. first year.
0: Wow. So it, they started. Oh yeah, but off Jamie was, sand, the, yeah. and then they put Jamie. And then in. Jamie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Say, that's why I remember it now because Jamie went off that game. But like that team was better because, to be honest, again, no no disrespect to the quarterback room at Wake right now, but the quarterback room of Sam Hartman and and uh, Jamie Newman is, is better than what's in the room right now. So. Um, the Orioles now have blown a two nothing lead. Nick, my, it's gonna be a bad sports day for me. I can already tell. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this was just. I mean, again, they're going to Virginia Tech. That's probably a loss. Well, as a toss up, but I'm gonna give Virginia Tech the benefit of the doubt because I think those teams are equal and give me Virginia Tech at home. I like obviously I mean, it's not a night game, but it's a three thirty game, so it'll be dark by the time you know the game's wrapping up. Pitt at home should be a win. Florida State at home is a loss. At Duke, Thursday night, maybe a win, depending on how Duke, you know, responds. But with the fact that there's a chance that Riley Leonard might be back by then, plus just, again, factoring the the, the portion of, I think, Duke's better than Wake, that's a loss. NC State at home. Right now, I have that as a win because it feels like whenever Wake hosts State, it's a win. for whoever, Like, whoever's the home team feels like they're going to win the game. But at Notre Dame feels like a loss. And then at Syracuse, a place where Wake Forest does often struggle, I think that's, I think it's a loss. Like, the fact that there is no guaranteed wins on the remainder of their schedule at all. I mean, even Pitt, to me, is not a guaranteed win because, I mean, I know that, like, I don't think the backup's better than what Phil Dracovic was, but the fact that Phil Dracovic, which, by the way, Nick, we'll have to talk about at some point moving to tight end, um, you know, the fact that Phil Dracovic is in this situation right now where he's a tight end, I mean... I, we don't know what Pitt's going to be now that Phil Drakovic's not the quarterback. So we can't right. even just say for sure that Pitt's not going to be better moving forward. So same with NC state. I mean, we saw MJ Morris provided a spark. We'll see if, if he takes a step forward in his performance. I mean, he's going to make NC state better. So there are a lot of these winnable games. that's like those teams are making, they're making strides and changes that make you go, maybe this team's going to get better. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't think Mitch is – I don't think it's just Mitch is the problem. I don't think going to Kern is the just the foregone solution. Maybe it is to get a spark going. But, I mean, Wake Forest covered. And, I mean, the fact that they were a 21-point underdog when this closed is kind of a saying to me. Like, like, good for Wake for covering. But it's almost frustrating because based off how – like, if I told you that Wake Forest held Clemson under 300 yards of total offense – held or, sorry, no, they didn't hold on. Held under 350, but, you know, held them in the red zone multiple times. Were, you know, more disciplined. No, like didn't have more turnovers, didn't have, you know, more penalties. Things that have hurt them in the past. Pretty much equal possession time. What would you have thought would have happened? Wake Forest would have been in this game. And then if I said, oh, by the way, Clemson only scored 17 points. Don't you think you would have said, well, Wake probably won this game, right? Mm-hmm. But no, they did it. I mean, this is – for Clemson, I mean, I'm just going to try to pretend like this team was just, you know, exhausted and was ready for a bye and just didn't take Wake Forest very seriously. But – and they got Miami – they got a bye week before going to Miami, so they'll have to be awake. But I'm not going to lie, the, the Clemson – like, and I was starting to build a lot of confidence in, like, oh, maybe Clemson should be ranked. Like, I don't feel very good about Clemson right now either. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, this game was very frustrating to watch. Um, because Wake, the Wake defense gave them so many opportunities to score. I mean, the fumble at their own, what, five, and they failed to score. Um, I hate to, you know, because I love this kid, Matthew Dennis, the kicker. He, miss, he missed a couple of field goals um maybe it was just one but there there was opportunity there for wake to score like micah watching this game wake should have been up at half wake honestly should have won this game um and i know this is gonna eat clausen and you could tell how frustrated he was like I, i i'm hearing that i i didn't see his reaction or anything but this is probably the most irritated Dave Clawson has been in a long time with this team. Um, It's just a shame because they finally fixed the defense. And I did mention this to like a couple of the players this morning. Like we were just joking around. Like, like I was saying y'all played great. Like it was awesome. And they were like, yeah, it's just, I wish we could get the offense going. And then I just said, yeah, like, The defense is fixed, but it's a shame what's going on with the offense, you know? Like, we've been waiting for two years. Two years, that defense was not good. It took them almost the second-to-last game to finally have a turnover in a conference game last year. Like, imagine last year's offense with this year's defense. They'd be undefeated. Like, Sam Hartman goes down to Clemson and wins this game. It's it's there's a lot of growing pains i don't i'm i agree with you i still stand by this benching mitch is not the answer and i love michael kern he's a great kid but you gotta let mitch have these games you gotta let him struggle you gotta let him figure it out because that's the only way he's gonna grow it's the only way he's gonna lead this program to uh to wins in the future um is for him to struggle he's gotta fail he's got to fail Um, It is, though, very frustrating that, you know, you you said it yourself, Mitch is not to blame in this loss. There were some miscues. There's some things that are not in sync. Um, They should have won this game. This is one game that they're going to look back at the end of the season and say, hey, this was a season-defining game. Because think about it. They beat Clemson. You're not questioning if they're going to go bowling or not because, A, they have an extra win, and, B, they ride that momentum throughout the rest of the season. They haven't been Clemson since 2008. It's been 15 years. So this was a season-defining win for them, and they didn't get it. So it, it's very frustrating to see that.
0: Yeah. Let's but, move on. Uh, kudos
1: to Clemson, though. I mean, they 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 had a good... They have a great defense, and while I think Wake beat themselves, the Wake, the Clemson defense took advantage of the mistakes they were making. So I don't want to like you know give a rant on Wake without mentioning Clemson. Clemson, they did win this game. They are now two and two in conference, which was huge for them. If they want to keep any hopes of the ACC championship game alive, they had to win this. So um, Will Shipley had another hell of a day too.
0: Yeah, he did. Oh, that's for sure. Um. All right, we move on. Virginia Tech, Florida State. Um. I mean, let's just this game. I think of the remaining games we have to talk about. Interesting. I don't know. Called storyline stuff to talk about. This game kind of went exactly according to plan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't see too much of a difference of what we saw from these two teams from the standpoint of, you know, Virginia Tech came out and competed and the more talented team won (laughs) and took care of business. So, Matt, do you have any insight on this, Nick? Because, I mean, again, for me, like... I know it's uh, hold on. it's not the uh, not the greatest of you know showings, I guess, from Virginia Tech. But again, we're talking about just an undermatched team. I mean, Florida State is just that much better than Virginia Tech, so that game just kind of went exactly as, <laughs> as I expected. I mean, right. like the only. I guess it's sounds terrible to say the only positive, but the only thing that made me look at it and go, wow, this was the something positive takeaway is that Florida State recently has been playing with their food a little bit with undermatched teams, where this time around they just went in, took their business, and went home. So that was the only, I guess, real positive takeaway I have for this Florida State team is that at least you did what you were supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. This was basically a get right game uh, for Florida State because, like you said, they've been playing with their food the last two conference games. Uh, they haven't looked super sharp. Now, granted, you know, both games were on the road, especially Clemson was a very tough environment. Uh, and then coming off a bye, you hope that Florida State did what they it should do uh, to an inferior opponent like Virginia Tech. So, Everything that you wanted to see Florida State clean up, they did, especially in the first quarter. I mean, 22 nothing against a conference team in the first quarter is very, very impressive. So they mm-hmm. were ready to go out the gate and prove to everybody, like, hey, we're still here. We're still in the national championship contention. Um, we may have messed around a little bit, but let us get right. So, no. And
0: um, they, did, they did what a national title contender is supposed to do. Right. One thing we've been talking about with Florida State that has concerned me—I mean, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, Nick—but I think you've been in agreement with it at least—is Jordan Travis's health, right? Like he hasn't looked a hundred percent. Well, what did Virginia Tech, or excuse me, what did Florida State do against Virginia Tech this weekend? They let Tra- they let Benson just go off. They said, "Here you go, kid. Here's the ball. Rush for two hundred yards." They let like Jordan Travis's numbers, dude. Were were, I mean, they were still better than Jerome's, but like. He only threw for 170 yards. He only threw the ball 24 times. They didn't let him run the ball a lot. Like, it was just Trey Benson, here you go, kid. 11 attempts, two, like, let at their offensive line just do their thing. I mean, they just they dominated up front. The defense did everything they needed to do. It was It was a perfect combination of what you're looking to see from a team like Florida State who is trying to actually, you know, do more than just get to charlotte and call it a season. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I agree.
1: I think they did what they ex- exactly what they needed to do. So, it'll and be very was, fun to yeah. watch them go forward.
0: And this was good for Virginia Tech in the sense of like it gives you a benchmark of what you're hoping to strive to be soon. Plus it's yeah. giving you this opportunity to, you know, I know the scoreboard's not great, but like you said, it was 22 nothing early. Like, this game was out of reach, like, from the get-go, right? So guess what? Virginia Tech got to kind of hold some stuff back, save some energy. Like, it really felt like watching that condensed game that Virginia Tech had no desire to try to push the envelope and, like, see if they had it enough to, like, have this, you know. Like, you know how Boston College gave that furious rally against Florida State? Virginia Tech did not even try to attempt that. They were right. very content with – Let's just work through our systems. Let's like, let's almost use this as a measuring stick game. Let's not try to get cute and like, you know, see if we can beat them that way. Let's just purely take them on with the ability to just be our, be ourselves, which means going in. Like, like I kind of took it as Virginia Tech looked at the schedule and said, "We still got Virginia. We still got Boston College. We still got Wake Forest at home. We got Syracuse at home." Like, I just named four games where. I think Virginia tech might be favored. <laughs> um, that's guess what I guess i going to six. Ah, Obviously, so a bowl game for them would be huge. So that's where, you know, I kind of sit with that. So it's kind of all I got from that game.
1: Yep, Same, same.
0: Okay. We move on Chapel Hill. Um, college game day probably would have ended up in Chapel Hill or at least definitely considered it. If, uh, Miami didn't do what Miami did. I mean, g- goodness gracious! When Drake May plays to his level, he's one of the. He, he might be the best quarterback in the country, not named Caleb. Like he is so good. I mean, he had some. And like yesterday, he had a absolutely terrible ball where he threw it behind. Um, Blank on which receiver he threw behind. Oh, hold on. I need to go to the back score now because it's going to drive me nuts. Um, he threw behind. Was it Brooks? I don't even know. They threw to so many people yesterday. Like, Nick, did you know that they had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 players get receptions yesterday?
1: Wow. I'm drawing
0: a blank on which one. I think it was Hampton, but I could be wrong, where basically he, like, one-hand tip drills the ball to himself because Drake May had his worst throw I've seen him throw in a long time, well behind him, but still made a play for a big play. Obviously, I can see why, you know, Coach was excited to get Walker back. I mean, he didn't, like, do a ton, obviously, but he still had two receptions. You know, he, he made a huge reception. Uh, they got him a first down. They kind of like, you didn't get him a first down, but you know, got him, I think it was like six yards, right near the six. and it was kind of just a, again, not one of Drake May's best balls. I mean, that receiving core, the ability for North Carolina to move the ball is great. I think, I think the solution to slowing down Syracuse is out there now, and I don't know if Syracuse. Like, I think they're still going to get to a bowl game. I mean, they're they're four and two. I mean. They still have winnable games of Boston College, Virginia Tech, you know, Pitt, Wake, you know, Georgia Tech. Like, I think they're going to find two more wins. But this, the the script to how to beat this Syracuse team is out there now from a defensive standpoint. And, again, I think North Carolina's defense is improving. I'm very impressed with how the fact they slowed down Garrett Schrader. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, you have to kind of look at this and be like putting – like, I'm not putting – I'm not going to say, oh, North Carolina's defense is just like this is a defense that can win you, you know, get you to the playoffs. So I'm not going to get there yet, but this was a huge step forward for them. Like I'm, I mean, I sent you my power rankings, Nick. I switched them. I'll send you my new ones. North Carolina is now number two. I have them above Louisville. I mean, I just was, I'm impressed. I'm absolutely impressed.
1: This was the game we were looking for. This is the game we've been looking for for the last season and a half, where North Carolina just does what they said that they could they, they could do, and this was it. Um, I'm fully, fully, fully bought in. Um, this team is really, really good. Drake May had one, one hell of a day. Um, I, I half seriously have not seriously tweeted this out from our account, Micah. Did Drake May just put his his name back in the Heisman conversation? Um, he needs a lot more work to do because it's not on him. It's just that everyone else around the country, like Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., uh, Shadur Sanders, everybody, is just light years ahead in terms of stats. But nonetheless, Drake showed why he's a top quarterback in this conference, probably a number one quarterback in this conference. Um He's really, really good. And North Carolina clicked. They, they clicked every which way. Uh, I don't have any questions about the defense anymore. Um, but you did mention, yeah, the, the book is out on Syracuse. But, look, you're 5-0. and oh. The defense is a lot better than what it was last year. I mean, let's just be real. Like, those nine sacks they had against South Carolina were not fake. Um, they shut down Minnesota they for the most part shut down pit they look really 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 solid um there's not really a big outlying high- highlighting weakness in this team right now um they are in full swing contention for the acc championship there's no doubt in my mind um the miami game now that's gonna be tough because you know miami's pissed and we know how talented miami is um uh, so we'll see what happens there, although Miami historically struggles mightily in Chapel Hill. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. They do not play well in Chapel Hill, but we'll see. But I'm fully bought in. This North Carolina team is very, very good, and this was the game we were looking for.
0: Yeah. no, you You nailed it. All right, we move on. Nick, I'm mad at you. You let me talk myself off Louisville last week, and I can't forgive you for that. (laughs) Because I knew it. I I knew it, but I talked myself out of it. So, at the end of the day, I didn't know it. But, I mean, you could tell. Like, I'm not trying to discredit Louisville for this win, but you could tell that Notre Dame was just tired of getting everybody's best shot. They got it week in and week out. And that's the thing is, like, what – was amazing to me was and this still shows you that Louisville is a very good football team because you know it is one thing to go into a game it's like I know this is crazy to say but like this was by far the least significant game that Notre Dame has played in what three weeks because they've been on college game day they've been on big noon they've been you know like they've been the game the game for weeks you know like and yet, here we are, and they got to go play primetime still with a team that's undefeated, but a team that at the end of the day isn't Ohio State, wasn't getting the same hype that Duke was getting, wasn't – you know, isn't USC and Caleb Williams. Plumber balled out. This team could run the ball. I mean, I know this is – it's tough to nitpick, but, like, you know, this game didn't get out of hand until, until the fourth quarter. Yeah. And – What's crazy is, Nick, I mean, I know Louisville made it 24-13, and it's like, wow, that's great. We saw a side of Sam Hartman that we only saw a few times at Wake, and this is the first time we've seen it from him at Notre Dame. He got reckless with the football. He, like, Notre Dame's offense just looked lost because the final score was 33-20. to Louisville got up 33-13. But nine of those points just came because of turnovers, and they did absolutely nothing with it. They didn't move the football at all. They just kicked field goals because the turnovers and the situation set them up inside field goal range. I mean, kudos to Louisville. Big win. But, Nick, I'm going to say this right now. I might pick Pitt to beat them this weekend at Pitt. Because... I didn't see a Louisville team that made me go, wow, this team is, like, light. Like, like, they're not more talented than Notre Dame. I genuinely do not believe that. And (laughs) depending on which – like, if Louisville shows up like they did against NC State against Pitt, depending on if Pitt fixed some things in this bye week, there's a chance they lose. Like, I – I feel good about Louisville. Louisville got a big win. They needed this win. This is exactly what you need to do to build your programming, build confidence, and build hope. But nothing – like, I really didn't feel like they got the best of Notre Dame, and I don't think that they dominated Notre Dame in a situation. Like, I think if Notre Dame plays like this, Nick, I think Duke beats them by two, three scores. I really do. I mean, you can't tell me that Notre Dame is not out of gas and didn't come into this game with, like, the – the mental mindset or the goal of, well, we got USC next week. We need to not, like, take our foot off the gas or anything, but, like, you, you can only put yourself in this situation, oh, like, so many times before you just get gassed. So, we'll see. But huge win. But surprisingly, I wasn't, like, holy crap. Like, you know, I guess maybe – I think I'm going to try to defend myself, Nick. I think you and I, and even me more particularly, I mean, two weeks ago, I had them as my team going to the AC Championship game. Maybe I'm not like everybody else on social media that's, like, freaking out about Louisville because I knew that they were capable of this. So maybe that's it. Right. Because, cause, I mean, I, I didn't, like, go, like, watching it. Because I watched that, most of that game uh, with, you know, my boy Hayden. because He came to visit us yesterday at ETSU uh, at, a, at a sports bar. You know, it wasn't like, holy shit, like Louisville's like, like, look how good they are. I was like, yeah, this is, what, this is the Louisville team that I thought, and they got they took advantage of the opportunities that Notre Dame presented them. So at the end of the day, doing that is important, but it, it wasn't like I'm like, wow, Louisville's a playoff contender now because obviously they're, they have to be considered as one because they're undefeated at this point in the season, but not, not a single part of me thinks that Louisville's going to be contending for a playoff spot in a couple weeks.
1: This this was this was impressive. I have to admit, this was very very impressive. And I I I gotta say, this guy's name, Jawar Jordan. Oh my god, yes, so good, so good. I think he's I think he's solidified himself as the best back in this conference. Do you do you know how many yards he's averaging per carry?
0: A lot. I don't know. Seven and a half.
1: Seven and a half yards a carry. He's got eight touchdowns and he's got 653 yards on the season. I mean, this kid is really, really, really good. And he is the reason why uh, they won. He broke away twice for two touchdowns uh, and had 143 yards in this game. He is a special, special kid and is the reason why they won. Now, I know Sam had a bad game, but offensively, that's what made Louisville, you know, take strides in this. Nick, game. you wanna know um, you wanna
0: know a better stat before you, you keep going? You know who the second leading rusher is in the ACC behind him? I guarantee you you cannot guess it unless you've looked at it. The second leading rusher in the conference. Yes.
1: I bet it's Brendan Armstrong.
0: It's Thomas Castellanos.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I guess after yesterday for sure, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's got five hundred. Yeah.
1: 500. yeah. Yeah, like yes, I don't.
0: I don't want to. I don't want to, to to diminish what Juwan Jordan's doing, but just to be very transparent to our audience, the top twenty-five rushers in college football features a single ACC player. Yeah, we <laughs> so are it's not, not like, a team. no, we
1: are not. <laughs> no, we are not a running back conference. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and we have Will Shipley. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, this was extremely, extremely impressive. It, I Like I. Came home from dinner last night, and I texted you. I was like, "What the hell is going on in Louisville, Kentucky, right now?" Uh, because this was not, this was not the Louisville team I saw in Raleigh a week ago. Like that offense was slow. They had to, they had to do everything in their power to try to score against NC State, and NC State's offense really just helped them out in scoring last week. And this, they didn't even have to try. Like it was. Very, very impressive. Um, But but I will say,
0: like, Nick, you say that they didn't have to try. Notre Dame did a lot of the same stuff. They gifted them They did. They They gifted them 16 points. Like, I know, like, they obviously had to go out and take some of it. But they were gifted a lot, too. And, like, to defend, you know, NC State and Louisville. But I even said it last week on the preview. Like, I genuinely think that Louisville saved some. Like, they were looking ahead. They didn't take NC State as seriously. Right. And at the end of the day, too, like, do I think NC State's defense is better than Notre Dame? Like, fully healthy, fully rested. They're probably equal or maybe leaning Notre Dame. But where we are currently in the season, like, NC State's defense is playing better ball today, and they were a week ago, than Notre Dame is. Just plain and simple.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, they're, 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 they're out of juice. They just are. So, yeah. again, like, that was – yeah, that was – you're right,
1: Yeah, like, you, Notre Dame, it, like you said earlier, they're getting everybody's best. And when you're Ohio State and an upstart Duke team and a Louisville team that's in the top 25 and unbeaten, And USC
0: next week. and
1: <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get everybody's best because you, you are the team that's like, oh, Sam Hartman. Oh, we have our quarterback now. National championship hopes are here. Well, you got all these opponents that have also improved uh, in either way of the ball, and you're going to get their best. Um, I am with Louisville. It's tough because I agree with you. It's it's kind of surprising that they are six and zero, even with the schedule. Like, I guess I'm saying this because I saw them in person, and I saw them like this team is not a five and zero team. They are. They're not going to be in contention with the ACC. Like somebody that has a pulse on offense or somebody that, you know, has a very good defense is going to take advantage of this Louisville team. Um, and they proved everybody wrong yesterday. They simply did. And you would have to be crazy not to consider them in Charlotte come December. Like they are leading the pack right now. Um, it's them, it's Florida State, it's Duke and UNC. Like those are my top four to Charlotte at the moment. And they put them they, they did it. They put themselves in this spot. They are three and zero in conference. They are ahead of everybody else. So you gotta you gotta talk about them. You just have to. And guess what? They're like what fourteen now in the country. They moved up nine spots. That's huge. That is huge. Um they got to continue to ride with this because it's not like the schedule is going to get any harder because it really isn't like they have Miami, but I mean, come on, let's be real Pitt, Duke is going to be tough, but Virginia tech, Virginia, uh, Kentucky has been a struggle for them down the road. Now I know that's not ACC play, but you know, we'll see. It's, it is something, this is the, this is the game where people started talking about Louisville
0: seriously. You know how excited I am, Nick, for nine to be—I will be in attendance for nine and zero Louisville, hope, potentially hosting a one and eight Virginia team on a Thursday night. The week before they go to Miami, and Virginia shocks the world on national television. But no, anyways, no, that was <laughs> uh, you know that was again. At the end of the day, man, like I—it's not that I have anything negative to say about this Louisville win. I just. I had this expectation they could do it and they did exactly like the game went exactly how I could see it happening. I don't think Louisville overexceeded any of my expectations and I don't think Notre Dame underperformed. Like it just was it was a very very well-rounded win and be awake next week for Pitt because that's the thing right now Pitt's got a lot of things in the bag because we don't really know what to expect from the quarterback position from the offense moving forward. I mean the idea of Phil Jakova going to tight end to me still is just insane because Pitt has one of the best tight ends in, in all of college football with Bartholomew. So, like, is he going to be, like, a second tight end? So you have options, and then you kind of have the threat of, well, like, what if they use him for some, you know, trick plays or whatever. But anyways, huge win. We transition over to a team, Nick, who's our listeners are probably losing their mind right now on, on you, Nick. You want to know why? why cuz you, you I know you said top 4 so you saved yourself there. But you know who else has an argument for Charlotte? The 2 and 1 in ACC played Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then I'm going to kill that dream right now because Georgia Tech fans take your victory lap all you want. You did not deserve to win that football game.
1: <laughs> but they'll take it. They'll take it.
0: They'll take it. Nothing that happened yesterday makes me think that Georgia Tech's just magically still a bowl team. That Georgia Tech's magically better. Like, did you did you deep dive this box score at all?
1: Uh, a little bit. When I woke up this morning, I kind of looked at it a little more. But go ahead and say what you need to say about it.
0: Miami outgained them by two hundred and two yards. Yeah. They made appearances in the red zone four times. I am sorry to tell you this, Georgia Tech, but when you have a plus two turnover margin and commit not half amount of penalties, but for penalty yardage, less penalty yardage and a team like this. Like, Fudo is all you want. They, like... At the end of the day, they did what they did to, t- to get the win. They made, they stepped up, dude. I don't know if this is true, Nick. I don't know if you've seen what's floating on social media, but there's a lot of people saying that Miami was trying to impress recruits by like, you know, hitting the big plays and coming out with like all this flashy stuff, and that wouldn't surprise me because they could have easily done what BG did, the, like. Miami could have just ran it down these guys' throats. And, like, that was the thing. That was the only defensible thing that I will give Mario Cristobal. At the end of the day, you take the knee, right? Like, you have to take the knee. Like, come on. Take the damn knee. But they have the ability to pound the rock. I mean, for goodness sakes, they were picking up a first down on that play. (laughs) They, they, They did too much. They tried, like, that was just terrible game management. I am just at the end of the game, just in general. I mean, we were watching this game at the bar the first half, at least. Obviously, Hayden's a Miami fan. And every time Miami had something going, turnover. Dumb play call. Dumb penalty. Like, I'm going to say this right now, Nick, because I think it's funny that people are, like, laughing at Miami. And I know, like, it's going to be hard to respond. I doubt there's – I mean, I didn't think this was a playoff team to begin with. This team might go to Chapel Hill and get the win. This team – Like, considering, like, how many controversial, not controversial, critical mistakes this team made from penalties, the turnovers, to quite literally not taking a fucking knee when you had the game secured. They dominated this team. If they go back and play this game again, literally, you just take the knee, you win the game. But if yeah. you run this game back and don't commit half the mistakes that they do, Georgia Tech, you're losing by three to four scores. Like Miami left 20 points off the board. Easy, easy 20 points off the board. That's what now 37 to, I mean, obviously the last touchdown probably doesn't even happen 37 to 14. I mean, and what makes me mad is everyone's like, how can Miami's defense give up that touchdown? Can you blame those? Like, if you're a Miami defensive back or you're a Miami defensive player in general, you cannot tell me. Because, Nick, I'm just glad that I was too lazy to switch it over. Like, I'm a big fan of, like, I like seeing, like, the, the coach's handshake after the game. Because sometimes you can get some good stuff from that. And I didn't see, like, there wasn't a game I was like, oh, I got to switch over to right now. Because I, I was going to switch over. I was. Because if you're a Miami player, right, and even just the Joe Schmoes of the world, you see that situation, and what are you going to do in your own head, Nick? You're going to check out. Game's over. Like, you cannot tell me that some of these players from Miami were not looking at, like, okay, so which club we go into tonight after the game? And can you blame them? No. And then they got to go out and get a team like Georgia Tech, who got a whole new life, and we've talked about when Haynes King steps up, he is so good. I mean, that was the perfect storm. Like, I'm not going to say that Miami knew what they signed up for, but we knew that Mario Cristobal is not a good, not a good, he's not a good game manager. He is a recruiter. He is not a game manager coach. This is the deal with the devil you made, Miami. And I'm not gonna lie if I'm a Miami fan, this sucks, but it might not be the worst thing that's happened I mean it might be the worst thing that happens to them because I would rather this happen now than later, so that's besides the point, so think you' have to ignore some of this background noise. I'm walking at work, and uh we just got out of our game day stuff for football. this is the the travel day, so we got gear coming in, but no, I mean that was just. I mean that was asinine.
1: Just absolutely like, oh my god! And you know what? The ACC could have had a really good day if Miami had just won, and with the Louisville upset, like, on on un, on un, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I will give some credit to Georgia Tech, and like, I love our Georgia Tech followers. They're the best. I think they're. A, the like one of like the best fan bases that interacts with us in terms of numbers of people that follow us. Um, they, you got to give it to Brent Key, man. I mean, th- as much as like Miami left points on the table, Georgia Tech took advantage of it, and this is Brent Key's third ranked road win, which is. Unreal, unreal. I, I think just now he is, I think, in a calendar year, has had a full season so far with these guys. Maybe I'm a week or two shy. But that's impressive. Um, he has beaten teams on the road, ranked in the top 25, which you don't really hear about, especially with what was an interim head coach. Um, and I got to give it to Haynes King, too. I mean, to strap up and you know, do what he did when Georgia Tech got the ball back was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. He let them down the field, and before you know it, there's one second left, and Georgia Tech has the lead. Um, absolutely nuts. Just, uh, we, we were joking about it this week, Micah. We literally said, after Georgia Tech lost to Bowling Green, people were debating online this will either be the most Georgia Tech win ever or the most Miami loss ever. This was, to me, this was the most Miami loss ever. Like, just kneel the ball. Kneel the ball. I don't, I, I, I don't know what was going through Mario's head. I, 30 seconds left, no timeouts. You're deep into Georgia Tech territory. You don't need to do anything. I just... What an absolute fuck up. That's what this was. It was an absolute fuck up. The play, like, even if I, 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 we never really, like you said it, never really considered Miami a playoff team, even after the 4-0 start, even after being Texas AM. and uh, m Like, let's just see how they do. Let's see if they can get to Charlotte first. The Charlotte hopes are kind of in jeopardy because guess what? You've got four other teams still undefeated in conference. Um, you have to go on the road to North Carolina next where you struggle. It's anything that could have gone wrong for Miami this week. Absolutely did. And yeah. you, you got it. You just, you have to blame it on Mario Cristobal. Like this was his loss. Now Miami obviously could have played better. There's no doubt about it, but Georgia tech isn't a slouch. and As much as we joked about how they took two steps back last week, we knew that that wake forest road win wasn't a fluke. Like they went on the road and beat Dave Clawson. You don't really do that. If you're a new coach, you don't. Um, and we knew that they had it in them and they took advantage of it and they're not a bad team. They are a good, good team. And now the bowling hopes are back on track for Georgia tech. Like, anything's possible at this point. So just an ultimate screw up by Mario Cristobal. Miami had it all, all but one, all but one.
0: No, You're, uh, you know, you're right. At the end of the day, I mean, you can't, can't lose a game like this if you're Miami. Like, and that was, I mean, that's, that's, Hey, uh, Georgia Tech fans can say what they want because they gave themselves a chance, but they didn't win that football game. Like, yeah, they made the play at the end of the day, but, I mean, that was just – I was just boneheaded. Um, tough. But, yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, this ACC, man, is just, it's just – it's all over the place. It really is. But, like, that's kind of all I got. I mean – I tried to keep this one a little bit shorter than our normal podcast. I mean, we've still gone for an hour and fifteen minutes, but um, you know, I'm excited to see what uh, what comes from the rest of the the rest of the, the, the season. Obviously, we'll have a good preview show probably tomorrow or Tuesday, but it won't be Tuesday, I guess. So, I have to be tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna get back to to watching the Orioles just shit the bed, Nick, because you know I like I like watching my team suffer. So, is there anything else you want to add before we hop off here, Dick? Um,
1: am trying to think. I don't, I, I, I don't think so. There might be a slight chance I might go to Durham for the State-Duke game. I doubt it, but we'll see. Um, other than that, uh, it was a fun week, nonetheless. I, really, I think all around in college football, I was happy to watch a lot of the games. We had a fantastic week. Uh, The LSU-Missouri game, the Red River shootout, Texas A&M and Alabama was great. Um, All around, just a lot of fun football this week. So I can't can't wait to preview next week. This conference is – what's fun about this year is that this conference is still wide open with a lot of teams contending. I think, yes, some of that has to do with the quality of teams we've gotten in this conference, like Louisville, Carolina, Duke. Uh, Florida state obviously taking a bit major step this year, but no divisions is a hell of a lot more fun. Cause I remember this time last year when state lost to Clemson, it was like, well, the Atlantic just got wrapped up because Clemson just beat the top two teams in their own division. And they're not going to lose to anybody else. This is way, way, way more fun.
0: Uh, well, you say family. that, you say that, but nothing's changed. Think about it. The Atlantic would be two undefeated teams. The Coastal would have three teams, one undefeated team, but two teams within a win away. Like, we'll see in a month. But I think it's way too early to say that that like is has changed so much because like I would argue that it'd even be a little bit more interesting because like, you know, from a division race standpoint, like, you know, teams like like Clemson is out. I mean, they would have been out. Whether it's Atlantic or not, but they're definitely out now. Like there was at least some room for maybe two losses from Florida State or two losses from Louisville. Like, and they Louisville would obviously have to play Clemson too. So like, I'm still not like, oh yeah, like the divisions have changed all of this for the good. We'll see, but I don't think it's changed all that much.
1: Okay, yeah, I I think that's fair. Give it some more time. We'll see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, but
1: other than that, that's
0: all I got. Well, Nick, it, as always, it was a pleasure. Excited to get back and, and preview some games again this week. Glad to finally do a recap show where my team won. But as always, it means a little bit less here in ACC country. And go ACC.
1: That was awesome. We kept that very quick.